presenting this month's special series, Focus on Sports Medicine. We're talking to experts in the field about sports and exercise-related injuries and the latest advances in diagnosis, treatment, and prevention to help your patients stay active. Sudden cardiac death, unfortunately, has taken the life of a number of athletes. Can we be doing more to prevent this? Welcome to a special series focused on sports medicine. I'm your host, Dr. Larry Caskell. Joining me today is Dr. John Cantwell, Director of Preventive Cardiology and Cardiac Rehabilitation at Piedmont Hospital in Atlanta, Georgia. In addition to being the author and co-author of several books, Dr. Cantwell also served as the Chief Medical Officer for the 1996 Olympic Games. Dr. Cantwell, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Well, we hear a lot in the media uh, when an athlete has a cardiac event. How common is it? Well, it's uncommon, and that's why it's newsworthy, because it's a relatively rare event. But when it does happen, it's a real uh, catastrophe for the school and the athlete and the family and so forth. So even though it's rare, we try to do everything we can to for the athlete who might be susceptible to this and then take whatever measures we can to uh, deal with it should there be a collapse on the athletic field from a cardiovascular event. Are you currently uh, involved in any care of a, of a team? Yes, I'm the uh, cardiovascular consultant at Georgia Tech and have worked with them for close to 30 years and I'm in my 33rd season as one of the Atlanta Braves team doctors. So what kind of procedure do you actually put the athletes through to screen them for heart disease? There's a questionnaire that we give each incoming Georgia Tech athlete, and it asks, you know, any family history of early cardiovascular events? Have you ever been told of a heart murmur? Have you fainted? Do you have any rapid heart beating, or does your heart skip beats a lot? Things of that nature, and, and we pick up on that and follow through. We ask them if they've ever had any chest discomfort with exertion that goes away with rest. And just the other day, we screened all the incoming Georgia Tech football and basketball players and tested one of the women basketball players who had uh, exertional chest pain on occasion just to be sure everything looked okay. If I was an incoming athlete, I might not want to disclose that for fear that it might damage my career. And so... um is there anything in addition to this screening that you do? Does everyone get an EKG, or is that too expensive? Each athlete gets an EKG, and we've uh, detected three instances of the WPW syndrome alone just in the past three or four weeks at, at Georgia Tech, and two of the athletes had uh, electrophysiology ablation of the bypass tract, and one other is is to be scheduled for it soon. And are they back playing after their ablations? Yeah, the two who had it went right back to uh, competition. That seems like a high number. Does that come in waves? Like one year you'll see three, and the next year you won't see anything? We'll go years without, and some years there may be several. The other thing we do is limited echocardiograms, particularly the taller athletes or any athlete that has a murmur or an abnormal EKG. So you want to make sure they don't have Marfan's in a... Well, hypertrophic cardiomyopathy is mm-hmm. the main cardiovascular cause of death in athletes, and that's a prudent screening way. The test is only like 90 to $100. We only do it once in the college career. So uh, I, I think it's certainly worthwhile. 
with the resting EKG, there are things we look at, things called the Brugada syndrome, the long QT interval, any STT wave variations that might suggest hypertrophic cardiomyopathy, we would follow up on all of those. And I also examine each of the athletes, listen to them, and be sure they don't have any significant murmur. Has anything kind of shocked you or surprised you in your last few years that you've come across that was just incredibly rare? Not really. I think most of these athletes, you know, they've been competing and and doing well, and it's it's unusual to find things. Sometimes we'll find a bicuspid aortic valve on the echo, and in the past we would use antibiotics before dental work, but we're no longer doing that because of the recent change in guidelines. In terms of the sudden death in athletes, I've read that when they're over the age of 30, it's usually due to a, a blockage in their coronary arteries and not necessarily from hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. And these people could easily be passing a stress test and not have it picked up on EKG or echo. And are you ever considering doing, let's say, CAT scan angiograms or looking at their carotid arteries to see if they've got any plaque present? What we do with, with the athletes is look at the family history and we do lipid screening. And any with any significant elevation in their blood lipids, we would deal with initially uh, diet. And if that didn't work, we'd put them on medication to, to improve their blood fats. Because that's true when the the St. Louis Cardinals pitcher died suddenly at home, and he was like in his mid-30s. I predicted that uh, number one cause of death with him would be cardiovascular disease, mm-hmm. which it was. I think in terms of the other screening, the ultra-fast CT scan of the heart, looking for calcium in the arteries, it would be very, very rare. Usually it doesn't appear in these kids, so we generally wouldn't do that. It's about 80 chest x-rays or radiation, so I don't think that's a very prudent screening. And the CT angiogram, I, I wouldn't do, you know, unless somebody had typical angina, an abnormal treadmill test, things of that nature. If you've just tuned in, you're listening to a special series, Focus on Sports Medicine. I'm Dr. Larry Caskell, and my guest today is Dr. John Cantwell, Director of Preventive Cardiology and Cardiac Rehab at Piedmont Hospital in Atlanta, Georgia. Dr. Cantwell was also the chief medical officer for the 1996 Olympic Games. Dr. Cantwell, for just the general practitioners out there who are seeing high school and even younger kids, uh, I know that I do a lot of sports physicals every year, and every year there's articles that come out and say, you should do an EKG, you should not do an EKG, and I don't want to miss that one child that's going to have something catastrophic happen. What's the current guidelines? There is some debate in the cardiology journal circulation. They had pros and cons, but I say, hey, one EKG, you know, it's maybe $50 or so, and without it, you, you're going to miss the Brugada syndrome, which is rare, the QT prolongation syndrome, which is rare. You're going to miss some things that might suggest hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. Uh, For a while, we were doing the limited echo in every single Georgia Tech athlete, and I had stopped doing EKGs. But then I realized we were going to miss some of these rare things, and also some of these athletes would come in with chest pain and would do an EKG, and they had STT wave variations, and we had nothing to compare it to. Those are fairly common in athletes. 
Right. The, their hearts are all quite enlarged, and they have a you know an athletic heart. And if uh, if you had a baseline and you could say, well, there's no change, that that made a difference. So we reinstituted it, and we do it on the Braves now. Major League Baseball has kind of said that they they need EKGs every year, and I disagree with that. I I think that's kind of a waste. But at least one EKG screening the players new to the team, I think, is is pertinent. What if money was not an issue? And would you then say that everybody should get an echo because it really would pick up some structural disease? Sure. In a, in a limited echo, you're you're talking about mainly looking for hypertrophic cardiomyopathy, and then the taller athletes looking at the ascending aorta. Uh, Georgia Tech just pays, as I said, ninety to a hundred dollars per limited echo. There are groups that come around screening that do this inexpensively. Some people who say it shouldn't be done talk about the echo costs a thousand dollars and all that, and that's that's a different deal than what we're talking about. We're talking about just focusing in and looking for those particular things that can get the athlete in trouble. Dr. Cantwell, I recently read an article in JAMA about the use of stimulants in children, and there's controversy now if everyone should receive an EKG before they go on stimulants. And the article says that it would be an extra $250 million just for those EKGs for all the kids on stimulants. Do you have a, an opinion on that? Well, you know, I, I deal with people in front of me, and, and I don't always think globally on costs. I, I look at this athlete who has uh, attention deficit disorder, and they want to start this or that, and and I, I'm probably going to do it on that athlete. The problem with the stimulants is their heart rates are increased, and sometimes they have side effects, and the coaches are nervous. And I've seen some who they finally just decided to give up college soccer or something because it was just bothering everybody, the coaches, the athletes, because of the increased heart rate and lightheadedness and so forth. They just didn't want to take a chance. But I don't think the costs are that prohibitive now. And for example, uh, if I had a, a son going into high school to play football, I'd want him to have one EKG and a limited echocardiogram. I'd, I'd try to you know, give up eating uh, Burger Kings or something for a while if cost was an issue to pay for that. Dr. Cantwell, what happened several years ago to the Hawks player Jason Collier? Jason Collier uh, played for Georgia Tech and went through our screening program and did not have hypertrophic cardiomyopathy, and this is kind of general information that was out in the in the paper. He he was a wonderful guy. He was a big guy, and uh, we felt he did not have a cardiomyopathy or, or any particular issues. He'd had a treadmill test. He's had subsequent echoes with other teams when he turned pro, so I think the screening that he had was, was about as... as uh, good as you can screen athletes, and unfortunately, uh, he, he did have the cardiac event. He had a big heart, I understand, at autopsy, and may have had some mitral valve prolapse. I think the medical examiner got out of his area of expertise by commenting on things like his abnormal EKG, which was sinus arrhythmia, which is a normal variant, things of that nature. But but it was a real loss, and I, I think that's what what we try to guard against. And 
uh, if something like that should happen in practice or the or a game or something, that's a reason we wanted to have automatic defibrillators available, because every minute you uh, save right. getting to an athlete and defibrillate them, you increase their chance of success by 10 percent. You also you also have coaches to deal with, and the, the coaches, you know, bother me more than the athletes because these guys are overworked. A lot of them are overweight. They have hypertension, hyperlipidemia. They're too busy to get screened carefully. So we're in the process right now doing our annual screening of the Georgia Tech football coaches. And we we look at them very carefully. We do heart calcium scores, certainly on all those 40 and over at five-year intervals, and just kind of taking care of them as well as the athletes. Well, I'd like to thank our guest, Dr. John Davis Cantwell. I'm Dr. Larry Caskell, and you've been listening to a special series focused on sports medicine on ReachMD. If you'd like to listen to our on-demand library, please visit our website at ReachMD.com. Once there, if you register with the promo code RADIO, we will give you six months free of streaming ReachMD. You can listen to day or night. And thank you for listening. You've been listening to this month's special series, Focus on Sports Medicine. For a program guide and a complete list of shows, please visit us at ReachMD.com.